Welcome to Camera Ready Enable, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, hone your message, and make an impact on the world. Today's episode is brought to you by the phrase, owning it, which means taking responsibility for your thoughts and actions. In the camera ready world, owning it takes on an extra layer because owning it is an intention and an energetic perception. It's how you show up and own the room. Here to discuss is my dear friend, casting director, Shanti Simone. It's a hat trick for you on the Camera Ready and Able podcast. So could not be more thrilled, Sean, to spend some time with you. So a hat trick means? Three, a three. If you score three goals in hockey, it's a hat trick. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I don't know why, but it is. So we're celebrating a hat trick and I'm tipping my hat to you saying, chapeau, Sean, you're awesome. And one of my favorite people, obviously one of my favorite guests. Well, thank you so much. I feel like you and I have so many conversations and I'm like, why? every time we talk, I, it's a new idea for another episode. So, uh, you know, I feel like, why don't we just record all of our conversations moving forward? So that's why, that's why we're here again. That'd be really funny if we started recording our calls because we go um, deep and philosophical into the space. So cutting you off for one sec, let's talk about owning it because you brought it up in a conversation recently. Well, yeah, because I feel that we we talk about this a lot when we're coaching together. And then we also talk a lot about it when we're not coaching, when we're like sharing notes, you know, on a Friday afternoon, we'll call each other like, hey, this is what happened this week, etc. And I feel that owning it is so important, uh, being on camera and being talent, but like owning the various versions too, like there's owning the room, which we talk about a lot, which we talk about today. There's owning your skill set and embracing it, which we can talk about today. Taking responsibility and owning your talent, owning your uniqueness, your, your superpower, your, your special sauce, making it your own, we talk about a lot. So I feel like the word own can go in many different ways also. And we had recently did a workshop together about two weeks ago, and we witnessed it in real life time mm-hmm. and we called each other we're like did you see what just happened so it's really interesting to see when somebody owns their talent or or their uniqueness or their superpower and and takes it and runs with it and um can i interrupt you right there because i love what you're saying so can you describe what you're what you're talking about and what we experience in the workshop that our, our hosting for home shopping and brands workshop that we do once or twice a year it's one of our favorite things. And it's really a transformational process because we take everybody in the class through the entire step-by-step process of, of working in the home shopping or brand space. And what? why did we feel we saw dramatic and wonderful ownership this time around? Well, we had a, a student who came in uh, expecting to be one thing because that's what she was comfortable doing for so long and maybe even had been trained to be that for so long and by working with us for those two days and when we really sort of for us I felt like it was like we were giving so much and working so much with her helping her figure out like what she needed to do to make it different than what she was doing before and when she started to get it I think she got it like at the end of Saturday because we do Saturday and Sundays. And then Sunday she came in and she owned it. And, and, and we can te- we're going to go deeper on what that means. It was like literally a 360. And I think I had emailed you 
or called you and I said, guess what? Like I can actually hire her now because there were periods of times. And I told her, you know, we're not using names, but I had told her even when we were on the, uh, in the workshop together, cause we like to share in the room because that's how you learn as a group. And I said, listen, you know, like I, I'm a big fan of yours. Like I believe in your skill sets. They're just not translating to the modern landscape of what, what you need them to be. And I think she was afraid, even though she could go there cause she went there. I think she was afraid to own the new version Right. I, I love what you're saying, Sean. It actually harkens back a little bit to your first episode on the podcast when we talked about authenticity. So this would be an example where it gets talked about all the time, but when you are taking ownership of yourself, your skills, your gifts, your superpowers, that now you are tapping into your true authentic self. And then ideally then you're in a state of flow. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I take the note now for myself as I'm sort of experimenting with new things in my life that I have not done before and bringing back parts of my life. Because, you know, when you and I met, you know, documentary filmmaker guy, which I'm now getting back into this summer. And I was, which by the way, you and Vinny have inspired me over the months as I've been listening to your podcasts. Vinny Potestivo, we just wanted yes, to Yes, yes, yes. You two have inspired me because I think there was a point where there was a conversation that you two were having somewhere somehow, like there's no excuse not to do something, whether it's because I had this big vision of like, I had to make this new, this big documentary right now. And I'm like, no, no, no. Remember what Barbara and Vinny had said? And I listened to it. And so now like I'm, uh, my goal is like four minutes. And actually not only is it only four minutes, it could be a four minute audio podcast it doesn't even need to be a four minute visual because i'm so afraid of like wait i have to get a camera that i haven't touched in so many years and cameras are so different i'm so scared like oh no no i'm not a filmmaker anymore i was a filmmaker 20 years ago now i'm a casting director i was like no shit you know what like i need to own it i need to own the fact that i want to be a filmmaker again and i want to not that i want to be because i am a filmmaker because that's why i'm owning it but i need to own the fact that i can do it again so it works for me just as much as it works for talent. Like that's my talent. Like I know how to do that. I was good at it at one point and to make sure that I own it. So when I go out there this summer, you know, if I'm going to interview people in a documentary format and I'm not owning it, then there's a problem. Okay. You just said owning your identity. I love that. That's the I am statement, right? That's why I keep Yoda on my desk. Not I hope to be, not I will be. So my therapist said to me, now that's embodiment. Mm -hmm. It's when your soul and your body are now in sync working together, which I love. Um, that's incredible. Uh, and as you're saying, I am a filmmaker. I am specifically a documentary filmmaker. I also want to point out, at least what I heard there was you're, you were also owning your fear and your overwhelm, but not letting that ownership. So you're acknowledging, but that wasn't an excuse to stop. Sometimes I think people, when we, this notion of owning our feelings can be an excuse for their, so I, I own that I'm afraid. So therefore I'm going to quit. And it's like, no, that's not the point. Right. Mm -hmm. Unless that's like the right choice for you, but like, oh my God, I am a filmmaker and I'm owning the fact that all these giant steps are, it's overwhelming me, allow me to get, to move forward by making this manageable and actionable. That's really smart, Sean. Thank you. I love that. Thanks for that example. So we'll go back to um, in our world and camera readiness and in media. It's really interesting. Everything we do 
is an exchange of energy and it's about making an emotional connection. So if we're not emotionally connected to ourselves, owning our ideas, owning our ambition, owning who we are, owning our superpowers as well as our foibles, then we're by definition always going to at least fall short of our full potential, if not fall far short. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to you to own the room and why does that matter? Well, so I, I feel, feel like owning it is one thing. We can literally just talk about the word, the, the word own for a really long time. We're not talking about the Oprah network, which is fabulous, but talking about, oh, so owning the room for me is so important because it's, it, it's like going back to owning your talent, owning your uniqueness, your, your special sauce, your superpower. So when you bring that into the room, you then own the room versus taking the room over, which I always sort of uh, describe. I don't know if I shared this on one of our many podcasts together. So there's a difference between taking the room over and owning the room. So when you own the room, you come in the room, it's it's you in a great day, it's you in your best mood. And when you are owning the room, you're taking control of the whole entire situation. Because I always like to tell people it's actually your... So we're going to talk about casting specifically because that's what... I do, and that's what you do a lot of, and that's our sort of shared relationships, and we have done it together for a really long time. And I probably learned everything I talk about in the last three podcasts. You probably have told, or you have told me over the last 20 years that we've been working together. But you come in and you own the room, then like you have complete control of what happens. And I got to tell you, I bring 45 people in a room a day. Or 45 people on a Zoom a day, I could if I was really hustling. And it's really not my room. It's not my audition. It's yours. So if you come in and you take ownership of the room, then you have control of everything that's going to happen. Like everything. It makes you so much better. And it's different than taking the room over, by the way. It's, it, it's so much about energy and intention. Because you, get, yeah. you can have in your head, I own the room, meaning it's my room. It's not your room. Right, this kind of you know playground. Um, it's my toy, and that's not what this means. It's it's actually a very generous, energetic idea. It's setting up the intention of what you want to take place, and what what happens when someone tries to take over the room. So I always describe either like uh, Kramer from Seinfeld, or I describe Joey from Friends. Like I just imagine him walking in the room and like. Uh, audition room in the 90s on like Bank Street with some like casting director smoking cigarette, you know, like, come, like comes in the room, he takes it over. You know, that's when people walk in the room. Nobody wants you in the room when you take the room over. When you come in with the intention to own the room, it, it's just the, the sense of like, I got this. Let's do a great job together today. It's a shared experience. It feels like you're on an even playing field now. For me, because um, if you come in the room and you don't own it, then I'm waiting for you to own it. And if you don't own it, I probably direct you to own it, which I do all the time on Zoom now. You have no idea how much Zoom auditions have changed the dynamics in a room. And let's, let's a lot talk of about that for a sec, because I want us to step back to it's like so one we talked about taking over the room versus owning the room. But there is for many, many people that haven't even gotten to the ownership part of it all. And that's when you come in really timid or looking 
apologetic in your body language, your stance, and, you, and you're not feeling worthy or that you deserve the room, you know, that's fear-based and lack of esteem. So that's, that's a thing. So we, we want to get everyone into like, I own the room. I deserve to be here. I'm happy to be here. This is exciting. We're going to do exactly what we just said. This is an incredible shared experience. Yay. So now let's talk about, that's a really big thing, helping people, whether it's an audition or just even in a meeting, how does somebody own their little square on Zoom? So you want to start off with a smile, believe it or not. You want to enjoy being there. I coach people right before they hop on. I'm like, great, we'll see you in a few. So when you get on, understand everything starting the minute the Zoom room opens, start engaging, start having a conversation. Because what I do, what I cast mostly for are personalities. I'm not real. I mean, I do actors uh, as well, which is a very whole different conversation for, for like all intents and purposes today. Let's talk about like experts and TV hosts, et cetera, who are coming in the room to show off that they are chatty. They're coming in because they're conversationalists. They're, they, they can talk forever. They have the gift of gab. So it should really start when the room, Zoom room opens or when the audition rooms opens. When we used to start back in the day, the room opens, the door opens, everything starts. And, you know, when you come in the room and you own it, it, it like I said, it, like it puts you in a loving, level playing field. Number one, for me, then I don't have to – actually, I feel really great when somebody comes in the room and owns it because I know that I brought in the right person. Because mm-hmm. if you don't own it and I have to, like, like literally nudge you, like if I had, like, a little stick, you know, like, get up, get up. Like, <laughs> literally, like – emotion is up like energy is up you want to be there you want to have a really great time because i think also there's a lot of zoom fatigue these days and you know i have my clients who everybody's got to get up and go to the bathroom everybody's hungry we actually try to see even more people now than we used to because on zoom that we can fly through it a little bit quicker and we're not waiting for like someone to come in and put their bag down and they have to get there and we have to schedule them and everyone just sort of pops up. So it's really important to, you know, just be present in the, in the space that you're in, whether it's an in-person room, which we are going back to, or whether it's on zoom, it's like the idea of like, I deserve to be here. Right. Absolutely. And what you just said about being present, I want to ask you a quick question though. Because when we're in a room together, you feel it when somebody walks in the door and they change the energy and they've set the intention and understanding, because another part of this is understanding you have, ever, all of us have the capacity to change the temperature and choose what you want, you know, what you want that temperature to feel like in the room. It's another way we describe that. Can you feel that shift when you're on a Zoom call? I was just about to say, uh, well, but, but guess what? You can feel it. Yes. A hundred percent, like a thousand percent. It's like the minute someone starts engaging on a Zoom or a video chat, you get that same exact feeling that they own it, that they're going to own their talent. They're here because I invited them here. I invited you here. So now you need to come in and you need to take the responsibility to own the room own your special sauce, your superpower, whatever it might be. I got to tell you, I feel it 100% on Zoom. Like I I, I could be, I mean, we, maybe there's a new skill set that we're learning as Zoomers or on people, or casting directors on Zoom. It's a whole new skill set, but I, I can feel it. And not only do I feel it, my clients feel it. Well, I want to stop right there and actually a little note to uh, managers, leaders, heads of department who are listening. It, it does start at the top. And if I can toot our collective horn, because we do that in that workshop, 
right? That we created a virtual workshop because of the pandemic. And everyone says it. If we, we create a community within like the first, you know, 10 minutes of that mm-hmm. class, people are engaged. And it's because if I do say so myself, it starts with us. And we understand the responsibility of that and the possibility of that and that it exists and we can do it by showing up and we bring the energy and our enthusiasm to that class. It's my favorite thing to teach. And people are suddenly like, wow, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be spending the weekend. And it start and everybody feels the shift because there's no there's no checking out because we're showing up for you. And it's such an amazing, beautiful, powerful transference of energy. But that's why this whole thing started. And that's why when, you know, I always come up with little ideas of new podcasts, conversations with you. I'm like, Barbara, let's do this one. Because that that class that we do, do together really is a great example of we, we, we have 10 people and everybody signs in and they all have very different skill sets. They all come from very different levels and they all want to do the same thing. And people come in really confident. Some people come in really nervous. And, I, and we really see over a two-day period of somebody who might not be owning it might be a little bit of a, a hiding at the, not even hiding in the screen, but hiding in the corner of their screen. And then all of a sudden we see these people who have bloomed mm-hmm. and they don't want to stop and they want to keep going. I want to share a quick example. I don't remember if I've shared this on your podcast or not, because you and I work together so frequently that I love this example of owning the room. There was a woman who um, you and I both know who was uh, works down in Atlanta. She's no longer in Atlanta. And she is a perfect example of someone who came in the room and owned it because she understood. I had worked with her before and I had coached her before. So she knew that she has that 10 minutes in the room to sort of own it and warm up the room and set the temperature and all that fun stuff that we've talked about. So she got that. But when she got there, and by the way, like my client wasn't really that convinced that they, they, they even needed to see her because they had not met her in person. Mm-hmm. And that's what really stinks in the casting process is, you know, you call me a unicorn and I appreciate that so much because I literally really go out of my way to give everybody a chance beyond the tape because it's hard to make a tape. It's hard to own the tape. So I always want to give somebody that next shot, whether it's Zooming with me, Skyping with me, or hopping right over to Zooming and Skyping with a client. But this example that I'm giving you is a real per- real life event that happened pre-pandemic. And she knew that she was going to own that world. She knew it. She knew that she owned her her body because like, it was literally she was going to present um, – something in the, in the fashion space that she was wearing. So she actually owned everything from head to toe. She owned the room, the energy, but she even like owned her physicality. Like she knew that she was, she felt so great when she walked in the room. And the reason why I'm saying this is because when she walked in the room, she owned the room, she set the temperature in the room and it's not like sticky at all, set the temperature in the room, which led to someone saying, well, I really love your dress which then led, well, thank you so much. I love it too. I feel so great in it. And Barbara, you talk about I statements all the time. So when she said that she loved how she felt everything, that's like owning it. She owned every single thing. And it was literally a 15-minute conversation that led to a callback. 
she actually did not really need to do what she was invited to come to do. Yes, she got there and we did it. But it, it's to me, like I just share this example over and over and over again because it's the perfect example of somebody who literally took it and ran with it. And when I say own, when I say own the room, not only do I want you to own the room, mm-hmm. I want you to take it and run with it also. Like that's step two. You don't just walk in the room and I, okay, I've owned it. I'm here. There's more. So take it and run with it. And that's what she did. And to me, somebody who could get a callback for like a gigantic job by just owning the room, owning herself, owning her confidence in how she felt on that dress, owning her special sauce, owning her unique talent. It it just was the most insane example and I, I just I really really truly believe in it because I've seen the opposite also and you and I've talked about this in in workshops etc before where I see people who don't own it and don't take advantage of the room and don't make tweaks and don't make changes and and don't share enough about themselves but they're great talent but that doesn't matter like we don't care not that we don't care. I care about everything. I'm a unicorn remember but the the client it's not enough for them. Yes, well, let's let's point that out because that's um, a fundamental, core philosophical premise of my entire business is that you know your skills get you in your do- the hard skills get you in the door, your soft skills get you the job and keep you the job. So it, that's a fundamental mistake people come up with all the time that think that we're coming. The job is about your the, the doing of the job. The job is always your being, it, combining your being with your doing. It's the same thing. It's like, I don't come for your speech. If I'm watching a TED talk, I'm coming for how your TED talk makes me feel. I care about how your, your keynote affects me, impacts me. I think that's the part that we're missing. And so when you're saying that somebody comes in, they're really talented and have great skills, but they're not owning it. It's I'm hearing they're not engaged. They're not present. They're not curious. They're actually not generous. Like you're not, it's like being a, you know, a bad guest or going on a date and really not caring about the person you're on a date with. Oh, that's so interesting because that's what it feels like in the audition room. And that's what it feels like on Zoom when it's so crazy that you just said that because you asked me what it feels like when someone's owning it. And you just literally put it into perspective for me. When someone comes in the room and they're not owning it, it feels like a bad date. It feels like, oh, Lordy. Oh, no. What do Can I, I phone a friend? How do I get out of here? <laughs> Yes. Can I, I guess who has to be the friend? Me. Because I'm the casting director. So my clients, if they're not owning it and my clients are feeling that bad date vibe, guess who's got to be the waiter who comes in and starts telling jokes? It's me. Seriously. If you own it and you have to own it, guess what? So do I. And I believe that 100% that I own every single audition that I run. I own being on this podcast today. I really do. I, I did a little research. You and I, you and I have organic conversations. So I'm like, you know, but I came in here owning it. Like I have to feel very confident going on camera ready and able. If I don't feel confident, then this podcast is going to suck. Right. So, and I don't want that to happen. So it's, it's, it's a shared responsibility. And when you had just said that bad date, I felt it. And I felt, cause also keep in mind, I just spent seven months seven months in virtual callbacks weekly seven months of virtual callbacks so it's like i've seen everything like from a to z and when i when i'm feeling like uh uh-oh 
I have to save it because they're not owning it. That really sucks for me too. So it's definitely like a shared experience. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about that. Have you seen it, it change and evolve? Because especially in the space, in the home shopping and brand space, you've you've owned the space for 15 years. Have you seen the shift, the, the ownership requirement? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's the same thing with, across the board with just TV production in general. Like if I'm casting for home shopping, yes. Uh, the brands, yes. But when I cast for History Channel, when I cast for A&E, you know, they, they want people, the, the, the vague uh, requirements that I get from my clients these days, I'm uh, on a job that I'm going to start today that I'm super stoked about. But, you know, I'm like, can you all tell me what you want to see on these tapes? Because like, we got to get moving. But they're like, well, we don't know. Like they want the, per they want us or the talent to figure out what to deliver on the tape. Like, cause it's but fundamentally that's some part of ownership, whatever the choices you're making in that conversation, in that room, in that audition, you have to own it. That goes back to that great, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman quote, just explaining what it is to leave it all in the room, because that's, that's another way of owning it. Right. It's like, when you walk out, I know I just left it all in the room so that, and so you're saying that clients want to see more of that. We need to feel it more. The stakes are higher. It's so much more competitive than when we started. The stakes are higher and the talent that I'm casting are usually responsible for creating, you know, their own, you know, having an opinion, having a point of view, creating their own, you know, whatever it might be coming on set. And the end of the day, I don't do a ton of, uh, you know, reading off of a teleprompter scenario. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed where we're looking for clients to come in. We're looking for talent to come in and come in with ideas. And in the home shopping space and the brand space specifically, yes. I mean, it has changed for me in the past 15 years. I mean, well, the space has changed. You know, I'm not responsible for how the network has changed. They, they did that on their own. But I am responsible for finding the talent that goes on that network. And I'm responsible for... I have been responsible for finding the talent that goes on those networks for 15 years. So I guess at the end of the day, I do have some sort of say in how it has evolved. And yet we are looking for people to sign onto that Zoom. It's right away, the smile, there has to be a smile. That's how you own the Zoom right away is I'm here. Because a lot of people don't realize they're even here yet, which is like the craziest thing. And I always tell people like, when the Zoom is on, you are on. And you're on the whole entire time. Let's talk about that. Because we've that's a fundamental we've talked about forever. That you are on and ready to go before it starts. Mm -hmm. Because like any performer doesn't warm up on stage. You walk on that stage and the show's already begun. You're warmed up backstage because you can't walk on flat. So the same thing here because whether they realize it or not, so this is just science too is even though it's imperceptible we can we actually our subconscious can register that shift in the energy so you've come on unsmiling and then now it's like oh now i'm on that's a really that's a well, negative message to our brains pardon me what yeah but it's a light switch it's literally a light switch and we see it and then it's and so that's a that's a no no fundamental one-on-one crack smile and crack yourself up because a fake laugh leads to a laugh so if you just do a, some warm-ups and you know tongue twisters before you begin and you just do it like, <laughs> you'll be laughing. You'll be smiling when you start. Yeah. I mean, I put myself on tape for a few things and I have, I, That's I do what, thank you well. for the segue. Cause I want to ask you how this is now showing up for you in your emerging acting career. Cause we're, when we started, 
your first interview um, on Camera Ready and Able talking about authenticity, um, you had not gotten your first speaking role. And now you're up. Which I know how exactly. So talk about like you're growing and this is part of you taking ownership of oh, your I talent. Know, I, owe, I, I own that tape. I was giving you, well, they were, they were asking for a very specific thing, which I believed I was. Like physic, physically, uh, they were looking for an Italian Eastern European. Like literally that's what I am. So I was like, if I don't get this out of, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people who probably said the lines just a lot better than I did, but I made a really great tape. I really did. Talk about it. I really, I really owned it. I, I, I relaxed into it. I turned it on. I told a nice little personal story. They didn't ask for any of that, but you know what? It's you and I come from um, a world where personal stories and getting to know who you are as people really matters in the scripted space. That's not so important, but I was like, well, damn it. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Italian, Eastern, Eastern European men in their late forties, early fifties who could say pronto, pronto, which was the line that I had. And I can't even, I don't speak Italian. So I practice rolling my R's, but whatever. But for me, like I literally sat down and I talked to the lens and I shared a little bit about myself. And I said, this is why I would like to be considered for this opportunity. And I got the call and I was like, well, I just got a speaking role. And I, I have only been acting for less than a year and it's not really my day to day, which is, you know, now coming into play in the, um, in the getting back into the film space. Like I, uh, tonight I go to one of my classes. I'm taking like a, an editing class to prepare myself to then take the, you know, and it's like, here I am at 50 years old. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't made a movie in 30, 25 years, 25 something years. But like, I, I, you know, today I'm a filmmaker. Like I want to get back into this. So I need to own everything I'm doing. Right. So yeah, that's how it plays into my own life. But I got to tell you, I got to own being a casting director every friggin' day. I'm on the phone with a client convincing them that I'm the right casting director. Cause you and I both know there's a lot of other people out there that do what we do to different extents. Like I feel like there's very specific spaces that I probably am top tier in, but there's a lot of spaces that I'm being considered for that. There are lots of other people that do this. And when I'm on the phone with the client, the reason why they either hire me or don't hire me probably has to do with the fact that if I've owned it or not. Like when I'm having this conversation, am I sharing enough about myself to make me feel or sound confident in my superpowers, which I have tons of superpowers as a casting director. Like I'm very confident as a casting director. So I have to own every conversation, but I also have to own it when I'm talking to the talent because that's how they trust me. You know, when I'm on the phone sharing what this job opportunity is because I also work in a spaces where I'm not only just casting for gigs where you come and you do 10 episodes and then you go do another 10 episodes and then you go to 10 episodes somewhere else. Like I'm working in environments where like I'm really helping people understand if this is the right opportunity for them because it is a long-term situation, which literally blows my mind because when you and I met, uh, 2018 uh, plus years ago at a coffee shop on Smith Street. I will never forget it. Like, I was not who I am today. 
I, you know, you saw something in me, right? So, which was great. But like every day, I I am owning it. I'm not on this podcast today preaching like you must do this, and I'm just going to sit back and be Sean and watch. No, like I have to participate. You you have to own this podcast, which you have done, by the way, which is fantastic. I mean, you had not done a podcast before, but guess what? You woke up one day and you, you said, "I'm a podcaster." So now you're a podcaster. You know, owning it just comes into play in so many different forms, whether you're going on like a blind date, you're going on a job interview. We're talking about being on camera specifically today because that's what we do most. But it's like being confident, but not like obnoxiously confident. Well, that's arrogance. Yeah, yeah, which we have seen a ton of times. You know, I just like watching people. Like I love like human interaction. And that's why when we when we do our, our, our sessions together and we saw that one transformation uh, three weeks ago, I was like, wow, like this is no joke. Like she literally was so set in her ways. I'm trying to, I don't want to say stuck because I don't think she was stuck in her ways. She was set in her ways. She was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was very, very comfortable, which by the way, means you're coasting and we don't coast anymore. We don't coast in TV. She was comfortable. And I was like, gosh, I want this to work for you so bad. Like so, 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 so bad because I had been putting her on tape for other projects coming, leading up into our workshop. And I was like, damn it. If you would just own it, you could actually get yourself the job here. And I shared that note. I shared that note, Barbara, with her agent. Because, you know, um, in the world that we live in, sometimes we don't always communicate with the talent right away. We always have to protocol wise deal with agents and managers. So that was really one of the first times that I was able to actually have a one on one with her because now she was in our room. She was on our workshop and there was no agent. There was no middle person sharing the note. Like I shared this note a thousand times with her representation, but she never changed. But then when I shared the note with her, one-on-one and she heard it from me and then she took the note and ran with it because I keep saying let's not just talk about owning it you got to own it and then you got to run with it and then when she ran with it I was like damn like I I get what it means more now than I ever thought that it meant and like I I literally want to call her up and give her a job like I can't wait to find a job for her not as a recruiter, because I, you know, I can't wait to find an opportunity to put her on tape again. Because when she does it, when she goes and puts her on tape, herself on tape, and she owns it, she's going to be fantastic. And this is the reason why I will never, ever, ever, ever forget the example from uh, the host in Atlanta who came up to audition for me. And when she owned that room and she walked in that room and said she felt so great in that dress. Which, by the way, in you know, I've shared details with you before, which led to all of this fun conversation, which then led to her learning that she played sports and where she played sports, which meant that she led to her playing sports with somebody's brother who was also in the room. So, like all of this, if she didn't come in the room owning it, she would have never got to. Oh my God, you know my brother. If she would have just walked in the room and just waited, 
which a lot of people do. They just wait. They wait, 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 wait. They wait to be told what to do. And it's interesting in the Zoom rooms as well, Barbara, because now we're doing uh, Zoom groups, right? Everybody auditions separately. But remember, so weird, the space that we're in. Oh, my God. Remember, we would schedule people every 10 minutes. Oh, I remember it was like seven minutes and crazy. Like- seven minutes. So then every seven minutes, hey, Barbara, welcome. Here's what you're going to do today. da 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 Okay, great. Thank you so much. Hey, Sean, seven minutes later, did it. Now what we do is we bring in like four to six people at once. We do the, hey, how are you? Here's what you expect today. And then everybody goes off and then comes back in one by one. That's an interesting space for me because that's where you see who is owning the space and who is not. Some people are just waiting because they think they're just being spoken to. They're just being lectured to. They're being told what to do, which they are. But it's not one-sided. If I'm explaining to you, Barbara, what's going to happen today, and if you know Vinny and 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 Joe and Jack and Jim were all on the Zoom with us, all of us have to be participating in that shared listening exercise. It's, I'm not just talking to Barbara. I'm talking to you all. And sometimes it's just Barbara who's owning her square. And that is very telling and it really then bleeds over to the audition and then my client's like wow well we're not interested just as you said that i was envisioning you know for years even going back maybe starting when we did queer eye originally and then but so many panels and panel shows since you know you're you're on camera even when you're not speaking you're mm-hmm. you're in that audition even when you're in the soundproof booth or whatever we call the zoom holding pen your energy has to be that like i'm here and doing this but that's a mistake a lot of people make it so that if you're not talking i remember i mean carson was going to stand out no matter what but i remember him being on you know one panel after another the endless queer eye auditions and how many people were just tuned out and zoned out i'm not talking so i'm not really here and they would you know just you can even think of the physicality people's like heads go down they start twiddling their thumbs their shoulders hunch and always in that, in the Queer Eye editions for the, you know, fashion guy, Carson was always sitting, like great posture, front and center, looking ahead, smiling, making some pithy comment, always, and never repeating himself, always so glad to be there. That was my first day with you ever was, um, that was my first day as a casting director. That's when I started casting was you invited me to the chemistry tests because you had already been pretty far into queer eye at that point it was you were just sort of like i think finalizing like maybe two more roles and you invited me to uh the the chemistry test and um i do remember seeing uh somebody on the very end i think it was like carson was there um maybe kind of like it was it was pretty sad i think we were just filling like the cultural role and maybe we were filling the cultural yeah, the endless so cultural we casting yes we were filling the <laughs> cultural you brought me on to fill the cultural role and the interior design role and i do remember carson was in the middle and i, rem- I remember i remember everything about that day it literally was day one for me and like I just, I do now remember like someone sitting in the corner and not being very present because it's like number one, maybe he was intimidated. Number two, he was on the end, right? So you know he could have owned it a little bit better. You know, maybe he would have been. Yeah, it's a lesson for everyone, but you have to remember it's like now again as you say that I visualize whether it's Olympic swimming or Olympic, you know, track and field or the ten meters. Somebody's got to be on the ends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
everybody doesn't get to be in the, the, the center two or three lanes make it what it is, own that space. And then, then you can come call us because we have a bunch of strategies we could teach on how you you adapt to whatever the situation is. I have one more, I, I just thought about something. Go right ahead, um, dear. We're talking about owning it. Let's briefly touch on the fact that you can also own your mistakes. Sean, I knew there was just one more gem in that tiara There's coming one more. out. There's That's one. so That's good. One more. So good, yeah. Because, People make mistakes all the time yes. and it's okay yes. to pick the ball back up and keep going. And we talk about that constantly in TV hosting and we talk about it a ton in the home shopping space. I mean, I see it all day long. Uh, you know, I always tell people like, I actually don't even know what that humidifier looking thing behind you, your little air conditioner that goes like this. There's the, you have what if anybody can see this video right now, Barbara has like a little air, like if you were to present, if you were to present that Dyson to me, I have no idea about that Dyson. So if you made a mistake, I couldn't even tell, to be honest with you. And I've learned that, I learned that by doing um, stage work because I, not only do I do the film and TV stuff, um, Renaissance man, Sean D. I also do stage work. Yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm pretty involved in uh, the Middle Collegiate Church in the East Village, and we put on these stage plays. And I I make mistakes constantly. <laughs> I'm like, what did I just do? But I was like, guess what? The audience doesn't know that I made. They didn't write the script. I, they don't know that it was a mistake. So if you show your flaws, then you obviously. You know, it's apparently made a mistake. But even if you do make a mistake, I have literally caught people in a home shopping audition. Like I've literally watched them like turn into Jello and like have to literally like go up there and be like, "Hey, don't worry about it. Keep going." Like so, you know, it, it's okay to make a mistake and then own the mistake. If you own the mistake, it's even more impressive as than if you make the mistake and then, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh. well, a hundred percent. And this is just to clarify for everyone listening one. Okay. The home shopping space is live and um, news tends to be live. Even in pre-recorded spaces, mistakes happen there. I mean, there's just, there's no perfection is a, is unobtainable and it's a vague ideal anyway. But so no matter what, so the point is mistakes happen all day long, whether it's you making mistake, lighting cues are missed the stuff happens all over the place. So to your point, it's we don't remember the mistake, we remember the recovery. And and golden moments often happen in the recovery. And to that point, Heather Hands, who's a psychotherapist who was on an episode previously called Loving Your Anxiety, had such a great tip about when you're visualizing, you know, your whatever you're gonna go do when she does television, don't visualize yourself being perfect. Allow yourself the space and grace to picture making mistake and moving on with ease and humor and comfort and being relaxed so that you're training yourself to feel good with it because stuff will always happen in life. Yeah, that's real life. And that's when we, that's when we really believe that you're a real person and that's what we care about. I we love care about what you just said, people. owning your mistakes. Yeah. That's so great. I'm going to end it on that note, Sean D. Remind us where we can see you. So we have my website, seandsimonecasting.com. We have my Instagram, Sean underscore D Simone underscore casting. We have LinkedIn. I have a group on LinkedIn, Sean D Simone casting. I have a group on Facebook, Sean D Simone casting. I tweet at D Simone casting and um, you can find me roaming around these village most days. 
Um, yeah. So, but I, you know, I'm available for coaching one-on-one. You and I do our workshops together, which is really fantastic. Uh, virtual is big for me. So I can work with folks across the country. I can work with folks internationally. Um, and I also am uh, willing and able to go back into a room potentially sooner than later. So we'll see where that lands. But yeah, so I'm available for lots of different things. Your casting needs, your coaching needs, your your your, your chatty needs. Your emotional rescue. Well, I love yes. I love and adore you, Sean D. Simone, and I love and adore you, the audience. So thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. Please be sure to visit my website, ableintermedia.com, and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. 